breathing. Absolutely alive. Full of wonder. Father, we just stand in awe of you. <clears throat> there just isn't enough words. Father, as we take this journey together this morning, <laughs> Lord, let us not be, let us not hold back, but just embrace all that you have for us. series called Becoming, Finding Jesus in One Another, and I wasn't so sure that I could stay on track, I felt, because <laughs> God's just been doing this thing in my own life that seems like one track at the moment, and it's just going deeper in our intimacy with God. And the word that he has for us is people that come to him. Surely we can't be the one another's unless we know him first. I suggest that coming to Jesus enables us to be what we need to be to the one another's. God's calling us to have an increased capacity because there is an end time revival coming and he's training us and changing us to carry more of his glory. That's going to mean some things have to change in our lives but hasn't he so gracious and so kind? My goodness, if he told us what we were really like we'd all be lined up on the Auckland Harbour Bridge. You know what I mean? But he's so kind and he's so gentle and he just deals with one thing at a time. He knows what we can cope with and he changes us and we go from glory to glory. <laughs> a dear friend of mine once told me that a friend of hers knew she had a problem with alcohol when she woke up at four o'clock in the morning wanting a drink. I think that she did have a problem. This morning I want to share about coming to Jesus in such a way that he becomes an addiction to you. So that when you wake up in the morning, you have to have a drink from heaven. Hmm. Whether it's in your parenting or your grandparenting, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your work or in your play, that he becomes the center of everything. Won't you come on me with a journey this morning? Because he's calling to call us deeper, right? You think about the river? You go ankle deep, you know, in, in whichever book it's in. It's in the Bible. You go ankle deep. 
and then we go knee deep and then waist deep and I don't know what the other deeps are but you get to a point where you cannot touch the floor anymore or or the bottom of the river because you are out of control and you are in the control of the river and that's what God's wanting us to do progress we're progressing from ankle to knee to waist to neck to oh my goodness I can't reach the ground anymore I'm in total totally yielded to the flow of the river the river that flows from the throne room of heaven that's filled with life that's the only river I want to be in Come with me this morning, family, and let's experience him in a deeper way. I want to tell you a story. I'm going to read it to you because that's how God gave it to me. Mm -hmm. Something profound has happened. Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit, they came up with this radical idea. It was outside of time, therefore an eternal truth. It never wasn't, and it always was. The very thought, the very idea that such a thing could happen. Can you for a moment imagine the reverberation around heaven as they, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said, let us make man in our image. There were gasps as angels were moved by the immensity of such a statement. The whole of heaven was moved. All angels stood in awe at the very thought, at the very idea that humans were to be made in the image of God. In the image of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the image of Elohim, Creator, so that we could be creative. In the image of El Shaddai, almighty God, so that we could be mighty. In the image of Jehovah Jireh, provider, so we could provide for one another. In the image of Jehovah Rophe, our healer, so we can heal one another. In the image of Jehovah Nissi, our banner, Of course, his banner over us is love. So we can be a banner over one another. In the image of him who forgives, so that we could forgive. In the image of love, of joy, of peace, of rest, of strength, of courage, of boldness, the list goes on. Made in the image of God. They took some dirt and they formed this human being. Note that it wasn't a human being. Sorry, it was a human being, not a human doing. They joined bone to bone with sinews and ligaments, muscles and tendons. They made the heart to pump blood to the body, the kidneys to clean the blood, the liver to do something else really amazing. They made a mouth to eat food, a digestive system to process the food a waste system to eliminate the waste. They made a nose to take air in, clean air, and lungs, well, that must be the air traffic control. They made a brain, our head office, with a spine carrying the spinal cord, the highway of information to the whole being, 
a voice to sing, ears to hear, eyes to see. I cannot do justice explaining the wonder of how we were made. They breathed life into this being, this human being, and he came alive, not just a functioning body, but with a soul, a mind, a will, and emotions. We weren't just robots responding to a list of complex commands. We had a mind to think for ourselves, a will to choose, emotions to express, a spirit that connects with our maker. Wow. Made in the image of God, we walked with God in the cool of the evening. There was no separation. Wonderful communion with the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. It was perfect. There was no shame. There was no guilt, no regrets, no sadness or loneliness or hopelessness. There was no rejection, no competition, no hatred, no anger, no violation, no abuse. Just bliss. Pure bliss. As we communed with Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. One with them, made in their image. The ridiculously unimaginable, unfailing, unlimited, unending, reckless love. God love. Pure bliss, harmony, union, rest, peace, and joy. But then we made a choice. Deceived by, the spe- deceived by the serpent, we believed a lie. It was just a little lie, but it had huge ramifications. The lie said that we were not made in his image, that we needed to know for ourselves what was right and what was wrong, and we took the bait, we entered the reasoning. We chose to be our own judge, lawmaker. We chose life without God. We separated ourselves from them. We fell from our first and only love. But God, in his outside of time wisdom, always had a plan. Driven by an outrageous love, for he is love. A love that knows no end, a love that is beyond this world. So great a love he has for us that he sent his son, Jesus, his only begotten son. The line was drawn The stake was put in the ground as the second Adam, not born of dirt but born of the spirit, was hung on the cross. The enemy thought he had him at last, but little did he know that when the Son of God, the Son of Man, spoke the words, it is finished, when his heart stopped beating, the final breath was taken, the last drop of blood hit the ground, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, removing once and for all any separation between fallen man and God himself. Once again, heaven was moved. A gasp was heard as the reality of God being accessible was reinstated. Of God being one with us, we could at last be one with him again. Where we walk with him in the cool of the evening, any time of the night or day actually, where we drink from him rather from our own reason, where we are one with him, this is the union This is the Christian life. And once again, we get to choose. We get to choose every day, every minute, 
in every hour. I choose Jesus. I choose him every day, throughout the day, in the night. I choose Jesus. I am addicted to him. It's an addiction that leads to death, I have to warn you. Death of a life without him in exchange to a life with him. Bring it on. Never to be separated again. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. In John 15, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Arise, abide in me. If you can't abide in me, if you, he said, you can't do anything without me, actually. That would be no thing. There is no thing that we can do without him. Uh, Michael's been talking about a trellis, and I keep seeing a vine. And the interesting thing, excuse me a minute, I can feel a drop. The interesting thing about a vine, I don't know if you've noticed, we, we traveled up north recently and we went through some uh, vineyard territory. And the interesting thing about a vine is it's the vine, that, the vine is the part that goes into the ground, not the branches. The vine goes into the ground. The vine is getting the nutrients and everything that it needs for the whole vine to grow. So we cannot do anything apart from him. Hmm. Oh, that was a scripture, wasn't it? We can do nothing apart from him. No thing. No thing. No thing can we do apart from him. Personally, I find that very refreshing. Because hmm. I have him. I have him in me. We can never be separated. Whether I feel like I have him or not, we can never be separated. He is my source. He is my everything. <laughs> no connection to him, no lifeline. And how wonderful it is that we all get to grow together as branches. If you've seen a vine, it's all kind of interwoven. We talked about, had that revelation in the prayer meeting this morning, this knitting together this knitting together. I can't get away from you, Sarah. We're knitted together. I can't get away from you, Mary Ann. Doreen. It's my squad girls. We're knitted together. I can't get away from you, Karen. We're knitted together. It's a knitting that is done by the Spirit of God. How wonderful is that? <clears throat> When we choose Jesus, we become a new creation, inseparable. We're inseparable from Jesus. We step into him. He lives in us and we live in him. He said, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, you'll, just, you'll be fruitful. You don't have to try and be fruitful, you just will be fruit, fruitful. How precious is that? <clears throat> in Galatians it says but what is this fruit what is this fruit it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit 
And it's a divine love in all its various expressions. If I read it from the Passion Translation, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. There's no law against these. No law. There is no law about being too kind. (laughs) There's no law about being peaceful. There is no law about being full of virtue. But these are fruits of the Spirit, right? They're not my fruits. But the wonderful thing is in Romans 5.5, it says that the, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by Holy Spirit. <laughs> wow. Is this not the image of God? The fruits of the Spirit? <laughs> I think that when we walk in this, we fulfill all the one another's. The love one another as I have loved you. Hmm. How wonderful is that? You never really know who you are until you know him. I went through a season in the last 10 years sometime, I can't remember exactly when, where I completely lost track of who I was I I I think God was ripping away religious thinking and and I came to a place where I had I felt like I had nothing I I didn't I thought I'd missed my call <laughs> and I remember when we first got here I went up for prayer one morning And I said to Michael, I think I've missed it. And, uh, but what God was doing is he was stripping away all the stuff that wasn't him. The religious stuff that we get caught up in, the do's and the don'ts, the laws, if I just do this, if I tick that box. And he was taking that away. (laughs) I now know who I am. I am a Christ one. Christ is in me, and I don't want to live a life, a minute of any day without him. (laughs) Do I get it right all the time? Absolutely not. (laughs) Just ask my husband. But one thing I do by this wonderful, wonderful grace of God is I forget what lies behind me. In the words of Paul, and I press on, forgetting what was yesterday, forgetting that grumpy moment I just had or horrific day I had. And there are, they're there. And pressing on to know him, pressing on to know this Christ, to know the depth and width and height and length of his love because that's the only thing that makes sense. A love described in Galatians by joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
virtue, faith, gentleness, and strength of spirit. The love of God, unfailing, unlimited, ridiculously, crazily outrageous. <laughs> How do I do this? I simply come. Be a coming people. I lean in. I sit down in the morning and um, whether it be five minutes, ten minutes, an hour or whatever, and I lean in and I find myself at the moment being speechless. There are no words as his presence envelops me and I understand that he is peace. I don't even have to ask for peace because he is peace. Hmm. <laughs> This is not a, ticks, a box ticking exercise. This is not, I've done that for the day. This is a lifestyle. And I find myself during the day just stopping and pausing and go, it's okay. I live a fairly hectic life at the moment. Um, it's not uncommon to do 50 or 60 hours a week at work. And it would be so easy to go, I haven't got time to sit down with Jesus. But I haven't got time not to. I can't do what I do without him. Filling me with peace. I can't do what I do without him filling me with a sense of joy. I can't do what I do without him giving me wisdom and strategies. There's 5,000 things that need doing. Which one needs to be done first? Holy Spirit, you know. You know. And somehow, by his wonderful grace, I seem to get the right things done at the right time and come home exhausted, but still madly in love with Jesus, who gives me everything I need to do what I need to do. He is so close. So close. Hmm. I find I have patience where before I had none. I find joy welling up inside me when before I was grumpy. I find peace in the midst of chaos. When the phone rings and you're out the back and Suzanne comes and says, Anette, you've got another phone call. And it might be a good phone call, it might not be a good phone call, it might require some, you know, having to sort something out for some customer. But I, but I experience the peace of God in, in all of that. It, it's kind of hard to explain, isn't it? <laughs> Madame Jeanne Guion wrote, How deep is God's love? He gives himself to those who make a place for him. He becomes their end, their fullness, their everything. I am ruined for the ordinary. I cannot do life without him. Did you know that one glance utterly ravishes his heart? One glance from you, just one glance. <laughs> 
In the Song of Solomon's 4 verse 9 in the Passion Translation, the bridegroom speaking, for you reach into my heart with one flash of your eyes. I am undone by your love. This is Jesus speaking about your love for him. My beloved, my equal, my bride, you leave me breathless. I am overcome by merely a glance from your worshipping eyes, for you have stolen my heart. We steal the heart of Jesus. I am held hostage by your love and by the grace of righteousness shining upon you. Recently I woke up several times in the night with a song playing in my mind, in my spirit, somewhere. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing I desire compares with you. Every time I stirred, every time I turned over, I'd wake up and that song was playing. So when I woke up in the morning, it was a really easy transition to have some God time, right? Because I've already been singing all night. And I sat down and I sang the song to him, Lord, you are more precious than silver. You are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing I desire compares to you. You are my shepherd. I have no want. You give me everything I could possibly need. And then he did something. I felt Jesus say, Annette, I want to sing that back to you. Annette, you are more precious than silver. Annette, you are more costly than gold. Annette, you are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares with you. Undone. Undone. <laughs> this is what we mean to him. Karen, you are more precious than silver. Marianne, you are more costly than gold. Glenis, you are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing Jesus desires, Mike, compares to you. I could go round the room to every single one of you. Suzanne, you are more precious than silver. Andrew, you are more costly than gold. Krisha, you are more beautiful than diamonds. Charlotte, nothing compares to you that he desires. Barry, you are more precious than silver. Doreen, more costly than gold. Kerry, more beautiful than diamonds. And there is nothing that he desires that compares with you.
Not one thing. Not one thing. I could go all around the room. Josh, you are more precious than silver. Wendy, more costly than gold. Kitty, more beautiful than diamonds. Ellie, nothing compares. Nothing compares. Nothing compares. Rosie, Mary, all the Marys. We good? What I'd like to do now is for us to share communion. So we could have a couple of helpers to, to serve it. Um, and if you could just not eat and drink yet, because I want to speak something over you as we share communion this morning. Those of you at home, run off down to your kitchen, grab a piece of bread or a cracker, and a drink, water, juice, milk, red wine, whatever works for you. It's a holy, holy moment. Worship team, you can come on up. Josh. Holy, holy, holy. Jesus, you are wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful God. Beautiful, beautiful Jesus. Precious Holy Spirit. I love that they are one. Some people say, who do I supposed to pray to? I don't think it matters. They read each other's mail. I think that when they said, let us make man in our image, that they already knew that before they said it, right? Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you that we are rich because of you. So rich. So rich, what wealth we have for knowing you. Thank you, Jesus. Sulabada kedinde, rubashukunda balimenite. Thank you, Father. Silabakoi. If you're not sure what that's all about, that's a language that God has given me to speak to Him with. It's a beautiful language the Holy Spirit gives us. Siabo sukomandai. Balobudushalatoribetinde. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father. You are so good. Don't be tempted to eat that. We're going to do it together, right? How are we going there?
David. We're all done. One more. Well, that's going to be tricky. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Partake as you want as I read these words over you. Jesus says to you, this is how much I love you. I willingly allowed them to falsely accuse me so that you would not be accused. I let them despise me so that you would not be despised. I let them reject me so that you would not be rejected. I was left alone so you would never be alone. I was wounded so you could be healed. I was broken so you could be whole. I lifted up your illness. I carried your pain. I paid for your sin. I forgave you. I did all this while you were doing your own thing, while you rejected me, while you had no regard for me. I was far from your thoughts and your heart. I drew a line in the sand. I put a stake in the ground. I said it is finished. You are free. For you are the joy set before me. You are my dream. You are more precious than silver. You are more costly than gold. You are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares with you. Nothing he desires compares with you. Nothing. Not one thing. Not one thing.
We're going to sing that song, but I've changed the words. And the first verse goes, family, you are more precious than silver. Family, you are more costly than gold. Family, you are more precious than, more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing Jesus desires compares with you. I don't know if we're going to have the words on the screen. Let's do this, Josh. Yeah. Shaba, kilamba, boro korabashikinde. Hmm. 